you know, if we want people to stay and businesses don't want big turnarounds of their staff and they want team that care, then you need to care about them first. And I think that's been such a gap. There are so many aspects to running a restaurant, uh, so many decisions to make, but I think perhaps one of the most important ones for longevity is the atmosphere that you want to create for your staff. Uh, we are heading to Brisbane today to talk to Adrienne Jory. She has the very delightful bar Francine. Adrienne, welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's really good to have you on the show. Um, I don't even know if you know that I came to Bar Francine when I was in Brisbane a couple of months ago. (laughs) Um, Yes, because my, my best friend, Victoria, lives in Melbourne and her friend messaged and was like, holy crap, do you know who is at your friend's restaurant? And I get this frantic just notification, ping, 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 ping on my phone. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is wrong? And like, <laughs> I messaged her, I was like, babe, what is wrong with you? What I, what has happened? Is something wrong? Do I need to leave at work urgently? She's like, no, do you know who's in your restaurant? I was like, I don't know. There's lots of people in the restaurant. Who do you, who are you talking about? She's like, Danny Valentine in your restaurant. I was like, oh, <laughs> very excited. Oh. Yes. I kind of found out after you left and I saw you and I was like, you look so familiar. Who are you? And then, then it all clicked. <laughs> wow. Well, that is um, a, a much more dramatic uh, answer than I was expecting. Um, I am somewhat embarrassed, but uh, I mean, I have to tell you that I loved it so much. And um, then I did a little wrap up of my Brisbane adventure and um, raved about you guys. So I don't know if yes, you heard I that. Heard it. Yeah. Yes. Then I, okay. So it would prove that I was really there. Um, so. <laughs> For people who don't know Bar Francine, give us a little lowdown on the experience. Yeah, so Bar Francine is um, our little wine bar in West End in Brisbane. We took over a 100-year-old house um, and converted it into what is now Bar Francine, which is a a wine bar. Um, And originally when we had taken it over, it's had a lot of history in it. Um, so it was a plant shop, it was a cafe, it was a start of box vintage. Um, and then it, uh, in its very, very early days was a milk bar. Um, and so kind of as we were renovating and, and kind of conceptualizing the vision for Franny, we started to uncover all of these little hidden gems and we managed to restore the tiles that were back from its original era of a milk bar in the sixties. And, Um, yeah, just really, it kind of just, it looks like a house when you walk in and it's very homey and very cozy. It's a bit rickety. Um, and there's a lot of little happy imperfections that are through it, but it's definitely a place to kind of lean back, have a wine, eat something very yummy, um, and just have that very homey style service. That's very comfortable and and hyper-friendly. So well described. I would say that completely maps onto my experience. Uh, tell us about the the style of food. Yeah, so Brad um, is he's so talented and was our favourite chef 
um, in a lot of venues that he had been in and particularly at one um, at a breakfast place that we used to frequent all the time. Um, and he left and it was so sad and I pestered him for six months to come and hang out with me and, <laughs> and work with us at Franny and he's had um, – he just has such a vision for it and it's definitely Euro in its leaning – um, probably more French in its style at the minute. Um, but he's done this really beautiful job of taking dishes that look quite retro and, and maybe something that you've seen before. You know, as an example, we've got a volivant on the menu at the moment and you read it and you're like, oh, it's a creamed leek volivant. And you're like, yeah, cute, yum. And it comes out and it looks like it, but then you start to eat it and it he does this thing with food where it just blows your mind and it takes you somewhere that's familiar but with this difference that's layered over the top that just makes you kind of sit up a little bit more in your seat and just have a bit of a, a think about what you're eating and and I think he does that really well. He balances that really beautiful comfortability with newness and difference which is really fun and um, and it's definitely been that theme in the menu a lot. Um, and it's definitely, yeah, very Euro, which is kind of how we would describe it mostly. I would also say there's a real focus on vegetables. Yes, absolutely. So we we have another venue, our first venue, El Planter, um, which is in South Brisbane. It's, it's a plant-based Mexican restaurant. Um, and we were very mindful coming into a second venue that we have such a, a loyal an amazing customer base at El Planta that we knew would want to support us in our next venue um, and really wanted to make sure that if they wanted to support us again, that they could come into the venue and felt like they were still um, front of mind and really important in that experience. Um, and so using that decision to kind of lean very heavily into that vegetable kind of category was quite intentional um, and then <laughs> when we originally spoke to Brad and I was talking about kind of the idea for Franny and what we wanted to do and I was like oh you know like ideally it'd be quite vegetable driven and I think he told me to get stuffed and he was like, <laughs> he was like I'm not just doing veg that's I'm not doing that I was like okay like cool um, <laughs> fair, no worries um, and so we kind of then landed on this I guess more of a pescatarian style menu to kind of balance both of our wants and desires off a menu. Um, and I think it's been, I'm, I'm so glad that we did because I think it's also really encouraged, particularly from him and the team, a sense of creativity. Um, and I think sometimes on a menu, it's not to take away from anybody else, but, you know, you kind of have that that very set structure. It's like a something with beef and something with fish and something with chicken. And, and when you take that away from a menu structure, it really puts a lot of gaps in a menu that you need to fill. Um, and then how do you do that in a way that's still very fun, very approachable and very different, but without that as an option. And I think it's really allowed for them to be super creative and, and create dishes in a space that's so yummy and that we know that if you go then down the street, you won't find a dish like that anywhere else. Um, and I think that's also been a really nice point of difference for us at Franny as well, is that you won't eat like you will again in a Brisbane venue. And I think that's, I'm really proud of that. And I'm really proud of him for that. 
Adrienne, tell us a bit about yourself. Like um, what got you into HOSPO? Why did you open a plant-based Mexican restaurant? And when you say we, who, who, are, you, who are we talking about? So we is me and um, my partner, Rick. Um, I, had, I had a midlife, uh, quarter-life crisis God, a few years ago now, which is very sad, but um, I decided to make salads for restaurants um, and cafes in Brisbane. And I had a friend who has a cafe and we would go and it would be lunchtime and the only thing that was in the cabinet was a croissant. Um, And if they didn't have the ability to create food and they didn't have the license or the space, then there was nothing really for them to offer outside of just a pastry. Um, and so <laughs> I had the idea to make salads um, for cafes and restaurants and it it blew up. And I think we ended up being in 60 cafes and Rick and I ourselves were making over a ton of salad a month, um, delivering and wholesaling out to restaurants and cafes. And where we were doing it was out of an incubator space. So during the day, It would work for artisanal makers and of an evening it would kind of almost turn into like a food truck pop-up vibe where you could then sell your product to a mass market of an evening. Um, And they had a gap come up on a Sunday night and they wanted us to sell our salads of an evening and I, I didn't really want to eat salad of an evening. I'm like, if I don't, who will? Um, And I thought that was a really dumb idea and we loved cooking Mexican at home and it was always the the choice of food that we ate when we cooked. And <laughs> so then we were like, oh, well, we'll just make tacos. That will be like so fine. Um, and then I'd never worked in a kitchen before. And because I don't eat meat, I didn't want to kill people. So I was like, we'll just do veg tacos. That will be really good. Um, <laughs> and whenever we would go out for Mexican, we just – there was nothing yum for vegetarians, like it was okay, but, you know, I just got kind of sick of eating chickpeas on a taco and I was like, that's just so basic and so sad. Um, and so we kind of just set out to make tacos that we would want to eat if we were going out for dinner um, that didn't have meat in them. Um, and so we started one night a week and I, I remember looking up YouTube on how to cook in a commercial setting. And I just was watching all of these videos on how to like, I don't know, turn on a commercial stove and how to set a combi oven and how do you chop certain things up that need to be correct and watch lots of Gordon Ramsay and watched a lot of Mexican YouTube shows in Spanish and tried to identify the ingredients because I don't speak Spanish and I was like, that's okay, I'll just write what I see and in portions. Um, And we started El Planter and it just, it went from one night a week to this, just this beast. And then all of a sudden we were doing nearly seven nights a week. Um, And then it got to a point where like, it had like this real cult following and people would then message us and reserve tacos because in the space you could only rent the space for a certain amount of time. So before dinner, we may only have an hour or two to prep for a full dinner service. Um, And so it meant that the quantities that we could produce were quite minimal. 
Um, and then, you know, there were times that we would sell out in half an hour or an hour after opening and then people would get there at 6.30 and they're like, can we order? I'm like, no, we're like, we're sold out. Um, and so people then would like flood our Instagrams and like hold tacos. So there would be all these like little buckets of people's names that had reserved tortillas on them so that we made sure that they didn't miss out. And um, it just, it grew into this into this crazy beast that we didn't expect and it it completely overtook our life in the best way possible and um and we had a year in the food truck kind of pop-up space um and then we found a, a bricks and mortar spot just down the road from where we were and um and we took the lease on that and then two weeks after COVID hit so that was a very fun time but it was an accident. We never really meant to get into it. It was just meant to be a side hustle to make some extra money on a Sunday. And, um, and now we have two venues. So <laughs> that's it. That is an amazing story. I love it. Um, what was your quarter life crisis from? Like, what were you doing? Uh, yeah, that wasn't the side hustle. We, I worked in retail, which I, I loved. Um, but I just, I, I, really hate my birthday and <laughs> kind of got to 25 and I was like, oh my God, like I'm 25 and just nothing felt cute anymore. Like, I, just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, and so I just woke up one morning. I was like, oh fuck, like what am I actually doing with my life? And I, we've, you know, we've had businesses in the past and we, we lived overseas in Thailand. And, and so we'd done, we Rick and I lived this whole life and this whole journey before coming back to Brisbane. And um, I don't know, I think I've, I've always wanted to do something different. And I think I get excited by doing that. Um, and I, I don't know, just something clicked one day and I was like, no, nah, we need a shake up. And yeah, it just, I don't know, the shake up ended up being salads and then a Mexican restaurant and now a wine bar. So yeah. I'd love for you to talk about um, Bar Francine, which, and I love that it's only been open like half a year, and you're and you're calling her Franny. I love this the the affection and and the connection um, to this to this place that you've created. Tell us about the way you manage your team because that's a really big step. It's one thing to start making salads and to be carried along by this juggernaut of a, of a taco taco situation, but then to open a restaurant where you need to employ people, it's a pretty serious business. Um, how have you approached it? Um, I think because we have been so naive to the hospitality industry prior to four years ago or three years ago, really, when we started, I don't think we came with any baggage or expectation on how it was supposed to be done. Um, and we, I guess we kind of started treating people the way that we would want to be treated if we were working somewhere. Um, and turns out not every hospital business apparently does that, which blows my mind and that's a whole other conversation. But I think just by nature, by people, and, you know, we just always care and I'm, I'm a people pleaser at heart, just always want to make sure that someone's stoked all the time. <laughs> um, and so if they're not, it makes me really sad and I always want to try and find a way to make them 
stoked on anything that they're doing. And I think that's always been such a core compass of, of everything that we have done as a business is always putting the team first and always making sure that they're stoked. And if they are, chances are everything else just works and falls into place. And, you know, Rick and I, are, are, we know that we are nothing if we don't have a really great group of people around us supporting the vision and supporting the dream. And and if we don't want to encourage that and have the best out of them and have their happiness at the core of that, then our dream is, is nothing. We're never going to be anything that we want to be without them. And um, and I think we've, we have always known that. And, and I think we've always just wanted to make sure that they've wanted to be a part of the journey. And, um, and I just, it's just their happiness that I care about the absolute most. And it's our driver for everything that we've ever done. So what do you, what have you instituted to make sure everyone's stoked all the time? <laughs> um, <laughs> lots. Uh, they have a list of their favourite things um, and so if there's a day that they're not that stoked, chances are something that's their favourite will kind of pop underneath their nose. So depending on who it is, it's a donut or Danny <laughs> Danny from Franny loves Messina and it's, it's a whole just taking those minutes to hear and listen to what triggers people's happiness and then I, I, I've got a whole book on notes of everything that someone has ever said to me about something so that I don't forget and if you know they're having a bad day I'm like oh, okay I know last time they loved this and they were talking about how much they loved it when they went out last and I'll try and get it for them or do something and um, we do a profit share with our team. So every three months um, we divvy out 10% of the company's profits amongst everybody as a little extra bonus and a way to say thank you. And um, I think, you know, we've always said to the team, it's our business, it's it's everyone's business. Everyone contributes and everyone's important. And I think if you say that but then you don't show that, then it's not really the truth. And we always try and make sure that if we're telling them that it's our business, that we show them that it's everybody's. And and I think the profit share was a really nice way to kind of put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and to really believe in what we're telling them and believe in what we're saying. And and that changed our whole business when we started doing that because it it made them feel like they had a sense of ownership towards something. And and then changed a lot of their decision processes along the way. You know, if they were throwing something out, they're like, hang on, wait, that's eating into our profits. <laughs> we need to change that. It's like, okay, cool. Um, and so that's that's been a very big change. And um, particularly at Franny, we now do a four-day work week with all of the team. No one works more than a 45-hour week in the kitchen, and that's absolute tops, tops, tops. Um 
And yeah, I, I think I ask them if they're happy at least four times a day. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Which they get very annoyed at. And I'm, we, I walked into the kitchen the other day and the, <laughs> the boys and Danny in the kitchen had a tally of how many times I asked them if they were happy that day. And I think I asked them five times. I was like, well, you know, at least I care. <laughs> at least I'm asking. So, um, yeah, it just I think it's just it's in everything it's in everything that we do it's in how we choose to talk to each other it's in how I choose to show up for them every day which isn't always perfect but um again just always making sure that what I'm what we're saying and what we're doing matches um which I think is really important yeah it sounds like an incredible culture that you're working to create I mean is part of it uh, is part of it about like looking after Brisbane as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Brisbane is, it's such a beautiful city. Um, And I think Brisbane's also in its essence, a a, a country town in a big kind of blowout phase and and everyone knows everybody. and, And I think it's got, Brisbane has so much potential still left in it. Um, and so much growth to still happen. And, um, you know, we really just want to make sure that what we're putting out is to the benefit of, of that and to kind of continue to drive that growth and that development and, um, and also to kind of hopefully create venues that people can see themselves spending time in and growing in. And I think that's definitely something that has lacked a lot in Brisbane is that career hospitality Um, and a lot of people seek, you know, Sydney and Melbourne or abroad to find that and they don't necessarily look for it here. And I think it's because, you know, for a lot of it, we haven't had a lot of that growth and that ability to kind of grow within hospitality and a lot of people have just seen it as that, that stepping stone, you know, between uni or between jobs or whatever it is. Um, and you know we're trying hard to make it a space that you can you can grow up in and you can live in and and if you want to you can really create a great life for yourself in it um, and we you know we do that with a lot of our core team you know anybody in our team that is a core member has ownership and shares in either business um, and again to really cement that with them that it is you've made a decision to have a career in hospitality and, you know, it shouldn't be Rick and I that are the only people that get some kind of reward out of that. Um, And so that's been a really core decision that Rick and I have made from the beginning is that if you're, you know, if, you know, someone like Brad and Chris and and MJ from El Planter, they, they have ownership in what we're doing and, um, and it just makes them feel like they've got, they actually have a say in, in what's happening and, I think for so many businesses, you know, you spend years there and you leave and, and you have nothing kind of to show for it except for something on a resume. Um, and I think that's sad because a lot of people put a lot of heart and soul and time and energy into venues and then walk away with nothing to show. Um, and we're, yeah, we're trying to change that a little bit too. It's really interesting, you know, that just a a few short years ago, you were very naive about what it meant to run a hospitality business, um, but you've used that as a positive. Um, I mean, do you feel like, 
Do you feel like an outlier in the hospitality industry? Do you feel like you're blazing a new path? Like, where do you, how do you sort of see your place? Um, I, I don't really know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm actually 100% honest. I think people know maybe who Rick and I are, but I don't know. Like I don't really show up and I'm like, oh, hi, you know, I'm Adrian from Bar Francine. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just I think we are very much the people that kind of just sit in silence in the backdrop of everything and just do our own thing and hope that it always works out. Um, but I definitely think it. I I think that the restaurant industry has a lot to answer for for how it has treated and sometimes continues to treat its team. Um, and like I I remember sitting down with the team at Franny before we opened and you know they wanted to have a hard chat about some non-negotiables that they wanted in their contract and you know Rick and I sat down and you know, their non-negotiable was that they wanted to sit down and have something to eat that wasn't over a bin and they would like some kind of fan in the kitchen and and Rick and I would sit there and we would listen to it and I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? You know, what do you mean you would like a fan in the kitchen? Babe, I'm putting an air-conditioned unit in there in the dish pit for you so it's not so hot in summer or, yes, we are going to pencil in an hour to sit down as a team for staff meals and, no, you can't work 80-hour weeks and not get paid for it. And and it was all of this kind of discovery, particularly with the second venue and Franny and, and hearing people's complaints or issues that they had in the past and it, it it actually made me so emotional and I remember walking away from the meeting and I burst into tears and I was so sad and I turned to Rick and I said how do how do people treat people like that how do you how do you do that to somebody how do you put someone in a kitchen for 80 hours a week and only pay them for 38 how do you not give them dinner how do you not say thank you. You know, I remember I told the boys at Fanny that I was really proud of them and I gave them a hug and they didn't know what to do with themselves because no one had told them that they were proud of them before. And it just, I think, you know, if we want people to stay and businesses don't want big turnarounds of their staff and they want team that care, then you need to care about them first. And I think that's been such a gap and, not, and that's not to say everybody does it, but I think there's a big part of people that have stopped remembering that if they don't have a team, then they don't have a business. And I think people always put their customer first and the customer is super important. But your customer can't sit or eat if you don't have a team to feed them or to serve them. And I think people have sometimes skewed the importance of team a little bit. And I think that's you know, that's something that Rick and I are trying to change and and something that was so big when we took Fanny. You know, a lot of the team that are at Fanny had left hospitality. You know, Brad had left, Chris was about to leave, Danny was about to leave and they were these just such talented people that were going to leave an industry that were begging to have them because they were so upset with something that had happened in the past that made them not want to continue to do it. Um, and I think, you know, for 
everything that we try and do. It's, it's at the core of their happiness so that at the very minimum, we don't lose talented people to, to this industry that everyone's screaming to have. And I think that's really important. And I think as an owner of any business, that needs to be something that you're always thinking about. Uh, tell me about some of these staff meals, Adrienne. Like, what is the vibe? What do you guys sit down and eat? Friggin' delicious. Um, they're so yummy. The guys do the best one. They, we make the joke, I always rate staff meals and tell them if it's the best one yet. <laughs> um, so I'm always chuffed that there's food on my plate, so I don't really care what's in front of me. But I don't know, the other day Jack made this, like, baining the whole cauliflower with like this hummus base and like this Middle Eastern kind of like Ottolini style salad. We do fish burgers. We've had, I don't know, everything, everything, curries. And um, we've had fancy grilled like swordfish and salad for a healthy staff meal. And we do brinner every Friday, which is my absolute favourite. And, um, and it's just, it's a nice time to kind of all sit down together before service and just chat and catch up on how everybody's day is going and um yeah it's very lovely and then you know yeah it's it's so nice and it's so nice to be able to do that daily with them and it's yeah I very much appreciate it it's it's the highlight of my whole day so good um Adrienne amazing to talk to you I just um have even more appreciation for my experience at Bra Francine and a little bit more insight into why it just felt so good in the room. Uh, just a really beautiful, wholesome, heartfelt uh, dinner that I had there. I really appreciated the, the creativity and the food um, and, yeah, the vibe and I now know what underpins that. So thank you so much for sharing with us today and, um, yeah, congratulations on what you're continuing to create. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for letting me be part of it. I was stoked to get your email. So very happy. Well, I know you're all about being stoked all the time. So <laughs> I'm glad to bring a little bit of stoked into your life. <laughs> just, I just like to be stoked all the time. It's like a happy little chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adrienne. <laughs> no worries. See ya. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.